We're talking tonight, the bottom line, how do we know if we're successful in missions, in our support of missions? And there's one way in which we can find that out. Now, as a church, there's a whole bunch of us involved, but still the same principle applies. There's one way. Well, ever since the uh, first Sunday of this month, we've been working on that subject of missions. And we've been working all month for this day. This is our Faith Promise Sunday, in which we all get an opportunity to, by faith, reach out and do something great for the Lord. And I hope that uh, God has uh, dealt with your heart and that you have a good idea what God would have you to do and that you have already filled out the card or you're filling that out maybe in a little while. We're going to collect those up and uh, our deacons are going to do the addition real quick and bring me the numbers and I'll be able to give you the results, what we're, what we're at, what the tally is so far. Well, we want to finish off this missions conference because tonight is technically the last night of the missions conference. Next Sunday, we're into December. We're probably going to start talking about Jesus and uh, his wonderful birth. Um, but tonight, we want to finish things off and we want to try and a- answer this question. How do we know? How do we know when we're successful or not? We're just kind of reaching out and groping in the dark. How do we know when we lay hold on the prize? How do we know when we're successful with missions? Now, to help answer that question, I want to ask you a question. How many here have in your home a refrigerator? Raise your hand if you have a refrigerator. Now, if you don't raise your hand, then I'm going to assume you do not have a refrigerator, okay? So, once again, you got a refrigerator? Put your hand up nice and high so I can see. All right, that's almost everyone. There's a few hands that didn't go up. So, it's all right. What do they use? Uh, ice, ice packs? Something like that when you don't have a refrigerator. Refrigerators are wonderful. They're a great uh, modern invention. They've been around a while. i got a picture of one here. Put that up, would you please? Yeah, press the button. There we go. So there's a, an example of a refrigerator. Now, uh, let me ask you, has this ever happened to you where one day you open your fridge door and it kind of feels warm in there? It's not as cold as it used to be. Maybe you open your freezer door and you check and your ice cream's all soft. Something like that. Has that ever happened to anyone? Raise your hand nice and high. Both mine are up. Okay, yeah, it happens. What causes that? Because it is a common problem. If you own a modern refrigerator, sooner or later you're probably going to have this unhappy experience. Well, did you know that there are more than one reason that causes this? And I want to suggest to you there are several reasons And I want to list them for you here. You may not have the fridge plugged in. Ah, check to see if it's plugged in. But also, your breaker may have tripped. You may have some short or something, or you may have overloaded it with a hairdryer or whatever, and your breaker tripped, and your fridge went out, and you didn't know it. So when you go to open your fridge door, uh, oh, it's not very cold. 
Well, check to make sure that you've got the power, enough power. So that's one reason, one possible reason why you might have a warm fridge. Another possible reason is, uh, oops, how did that happen? There we are. I don't want to blow my thunder here. A system leak. Uh, that's where we say, oh, all of the Freon has, has leaked out. We don't have Freon. Now, that's possible. That is a possible reason. Uh, in the older uh, manual defrost fridges where you don't have an automatic defrost system, your, uh, your freezer area is usually these coils built into this round kind of metal sleeve. And what some people have the joy of doing is defrosting it with an ice pick. And sometimes they hit right into one of those coils and there goes all of their Freon gas, and the refrigerant, I guess I should call it, and then the fridge warms up. It's possible also there may be a rusty joint and with the vibration, you know, you get a, a pinhole leak. And by the way, even a pinhole leak will drain all the refrigerant eventually, right? So that's another possible uh, reason uh, maybe, guys, I'll just have you do it for me, would you? Just hit the button, the next one here. There we are, weak compressor. The compressor is the heart of the, the refrigerator, and it's pumping the gas. And as over the years, as it works hard, uh, it can wear out. And so um, it's just a, a simply made little device, and it's beating its brains out all day and all night, and we give it no respect. And after a few years, the poor thing, you know, starts to break down. And so it has a, a weak heart valve or something, and before you know it, it can't pump the pressure. So that's another possible reason as to why you might have a warm fridge. Okay, next one. The door seals have gaps. The doors have these rubbery magnetic seals on them, and if the door kind of gets bent or if the seal gets torn or something, it can allow a lot of warm air to come in, and that will warm up your fridge. That's another reason. Next one, uh, you may have a defrost problem. Now that's a very common problem with modern refrigerators because all, re all refrigerators frost up, all of them. But the defrost, the automatic defrost system is supposed to kick in and melt all that frost into water. It runs down a tube to a pan where the heat off the compressor evaporates it. And it's all done day and night and you don't even know it until it breaks down. And if you start getting this big, thick buildup of frost in your frost-free fridge, then that's telling you something, that you've got a defrost problem. And that in itself has three basic parts to it, that any one of those could go wrong. But the bottom line is, your fridge isn't defrosting on its own. Okay, next possible problem is the cold control may be malfunctioning. Those things wear out over time. And so you may have to go and turn up your cold control a little more, or maybe it's kind of kaput. That's the technical term. Kaput. And you need a new cold control in there. And that could be causing your warm fridge. Another possible reason is the light bulb staying on. Yes, believe it or not, when you open the door, the light's supposed to come on, right? And when you close the door, the light's supposed to go off. It's supposed to go off. But... These little door switches have been known to malfunction so that when you close the door, the light actually comes back on. And the heat generated off a 40-watt light bulb is enough to warm up all your fridge 
and spoil your food. So that's another possible thing. Okay, what's the next one? Computer problem. Hooray for modern technology. And uh, your fridge may be blessed with an onboard computer. Good luck. Congratulations. Because when those things go, usually it's hundreds of dollars for some guy to unplug, plug. Hundreds of dollars, please. Thank you very much. And off they go. But these little doodads are irreparable, except, I guess, on the component level, somehow they could probably be repair them. But normally we can't fix those things. So if your computer starts going on the fritz, you may have a fancy fridge that has a radio in there and a TV in there, probably water dispenser, ice dispenser. It probably, you know, sings the Star Spangled Banner or something like that, you know, when you open get for ice cream or something. And all these things can be controlled by a computer. And if your computer gets the measles or your computer gets COVID or something, you're out of business. So that's, that's another one. Now there's one last reason here as to why your fridge might be warming up. And, and here it is here. You got a teenager in the home. And they haven't learned yet to close the fridge door. Close the door! So those are just nine possible reasons as to why your fridge may be warming up. Now you say, Pastor, all this is very exciting and informative. And I notice some of you with your cell phones taking pictures of all this valuable information. But what's the point? Get to the point. Well, the point is that you have all these different systems working in your fridge and they all have to work together in order for you to get proper cooling. Because if one of these things aren't working properly, it's going to affect the bottom line, isn't it? And that's what we're talking about tonight. Okay, you can put that away. Thank you. We're talking tonight, the bottom line, how do we know if we're successful in missions, in our supportive missions? And there's one way in which we can find that out. Now, as a church, there's a whole bunch of us involved but still the same principle applies. There's one way. And so we're going to learn that tonight. First we'll pray, and then we'll look at the Scriptures here. Well, at, at least we will soon be looking at the Scripture. Heavenly Father, help us now tonight with this, this message. It's a simple one. Father, help the Holy Spirit to bring the truth home to our hearts. The message is simple, but the truth is profound. And it's very important. It's very critical truth. Help us all to have ears to hear. Help none of us to miss this message tonight. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Well, we're talking, folks, essentially, the word potential. In fact, we'll modify it with an adjective, full potential. Full potential. And in order for us to know if we're successful or not in missions, it's going to involve full potential. But the question we need to ask is, are you wanting to be a full potential Christian? Are you wanting to be everything that God wants you to be? Believe it or not, there are Christians who are not interested in being a full potential Christian. And so we must ask ourselves this question. What do we want? What do we want? If you want to be at your best in living for the Lord and serving the Lord, 
then you will need to be involved in faith promise missions. That's very important. To do this, though, you have to make a decision. You have to decide you're going to get on board, get on the bandwagon with us. You have to make that decision. Supposing you, you went to the, uh, the airport, you were going to, uh, let's say, fly to Toronto. And so you, you go there, you pay the ticket, you go through all of the security, you go to the right gate, and finally they come on the microphone and they say, uh, okay, we're boarding now, time to get on the flight. And so you, you sit there and you watch people rise and go and get in line and they have to show documents and so on. And they go down the, the little hallway there and onto the plane and people are going and going and, and you're sitting there and you're sitting there. Why are you sitting there? Because you're deciding whether or not you really want to go to Toronto. Well, um, they're going to wait as long as they possibly can. And according to their list of names they're going to call your name and they're going to let you know that we're boarding now boarding now you only have a minute left get on board you still have a decision to make don't you no one's forcing you no one's pushing you all right get up get up out of that chair pull out a gun put it to your head get on that plane no one's forcing you it's not forced at all it's a voluntary thing and you can decide not to go on that plane that's fine, that's your decision. But if that's your decision, you won't get to Toronto. Or wherever, maybe you wanted to go to the Fiji Islands or something, or to Hawaii or someplace and put on a grass skirt, I don't know. But if you don't get on board when it's time to get on board, you can't get to your desired destination. So there's a decision that needs to be made by every one of us. Do I want to be at my full potential? Yes or no? Do I want the Lord to use me? Yes or no? Now I know it's a very simple question, but it's very profound truth. And so it's like the Lord is calling all aboard, all aboard. And God is looking for Christian men and women who will partner with Him and get on board. Faith promise missions. Now faith promise is not something that we force people to do. It's all voluntary. And the only way we have to encourage you to get on board is through prayer and Bible teaching and invitations, and so the invitation is out there. Will you join us? Now, it seems to me, uh, I've been around a little while, and it seems to me there are too many Bible-believing churches that are not reaching their full potential. They're smaller and getting smaller all the time. They seem to be more content with us for no more. They're not doing what God would have them to do so they're not experiencing the blessings that God wants to bless them with. There's far too many churches like that, that they're just not reaching their full potential with the gospel, even if they've been around for a number of years. You say, why is that? Well, I've got a list of a few reasons as to why a church might not reach its full potential. I'll share them with you. Number one is that the new members are not being taught about faith promise and what it's all about. Number two, the people in the church may yet be carnal-minded instead of being spiritual-minded. And of course, that will really stunt spiritual growth, won't it? Number three, uh, backsliding. Now, that backsliding is the result of a carnal mind. If you allow your mind to be worldly and carnal, it will result in backsliding. 
Say, why do people, good people, why do good people leave the church? Well, there's a few reasons, but one main reason is because good people sometimes fall into the temptation and the trap of letting their minds get filled with too much worldly stuff. When that happens, the taste, the desire for spiritual stuff dies, and then it results in backsliding. That's how it works. Um, another reason, possibly, is lack of faith. There are Christians that are saying, well, I don't think I can afford to get involved with faith promise. Well, folks, that's why it's called faith promise. It's not sight promise, it's faith promise. Faith in what God has promised He will do. Faith that uh, God will tell us the right amount to give. Faith is what it is called for. The just shall live by faith. And so to say, well, I'm not sure, I don't think I can afford it is looking at it totally wrong. We put the cart before the horse here. It's just not right. It's the order's wrong. We need to put the Lord first and foremost and let Him make the decision. We put our faith in Him. He's never made a mistake. God will never lead us wrong. We just need to have faith and wait upon Him. Um, Another possible reason why uh, churches and Christians in the church may fail to reach their full potential is they may think that, okay, well, I can give, but I can only give so little, it's not going to make any difference. I can only give a little bit to faith promise. And so what good is that? Well, listen, supposing that the disciples that day when Jesus was going to feed the 5,000, supposing they had that same attitude, supposing the little boy who had the five loaves and two fish had that attitude, and so they didn't say anything. They said, oh, this is nothing. Why bother the master? And yet, that's exactly what God was looking for. He was looking for the little so that he could make it into the much. So never think that the little that you have to offer the Lord is insignificant because I'm telling you it's not. God delights in everything. And God will use that and next year your faith will grow and you'll be able to do more for Him. But start with where you're at. Another reason is that some Christians say, well, I'm going to be moving away soon, so there's no sense in me starting. And again, that's, that's a mistake in thinking. Because until we do move away, here we are. We can get involved while we're here. And supposing we move away in six months' time, so well, how can I fulfill my 12-month commitment if I'm moving away in six months? Well, it's very simple. You just mail in your last six months or you transfer it in electronically or whatever you want to do but it's very simple to do that you want to make a commitment to the Lord a promise to God that'll last 12 months after 12 months your commitment is done and if you're at a new church then take up faith promise in that new church but you want to be able to make a promise to the Lord it's not making a promise to the church it's to the Lord wherever you go that promise is still good And of course, lastly, is that there may be unsaved people in the church. Bible-believing churches often have unsaved people attending. They may think they're saved, or they may know they're not saved, but they would have trouble, perhaps, with faith promise, because it doesn't mean as much to an unsaved person as it does to a saved person. But what about our church, Grace Baptist Church? We ask this question. Have we reached our full potential yet? And I'm hesitant to say we have. 
I'm more inclined to say I don't think we have. And I think the reasons, well, three of the reasons anyhow, number one, is that we're still growing. God is still bringing new folks into our church. And so, of course, these new folks, they need to to learn about faith promise and get on board. Number two is that some of us may still be struggling with sin. And sometimes we'll fall off the bandwagon. We'll make a great promise to God and three months down the road or seven months down the road, we'll fall off the bandwagon and we'll stop our faith promise. And that's sad, but I know it does happen. And so these are just a couple of reasons. There's other reasons too, but as why we may not yet have reached our full potential. But I do believe, folks, that if we keep at it, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we really can, as a church, reach our full potential. And each one of us within the church, we can individually reach our full potential. Well, what is the ultimate purpose of our missions conference, our, our efforts to promote faith promise? What's the ultimate purpose? If you think the ultimate purpose is just for raising money, then you've missed the whole picture. That's part of it. But it's not the whole picture. You're missing the whole picture of the Faith Promise Conference. Um, You've got to be able to look beyond the finances. You've got to be able to understand why missionaries are giving their lives with the gospel. Now, would you open your Bible, please, to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. And I'd like if you'd go to chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I want to show you one verse here. This is going to help us to understand the ultimate purpose. Really what what it's all about. The ultimate purpose here. And that's uh, chapter number 10 and verse number 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16. And I'd like you to help me. Would you read this verse out loud together with me? Now please, let's, let's do it. To preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. And so the two words, regions beyond, regions beyond. Here we we understand the ultimate purpose for this missions conference is to make possible the message of salvation to people who have never heard it before. That's the whole idea, is people who have never heard it before. We are trying to get God's gospel, the gospel, the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ to every person under heaven. This is what the whole purpose here is and we want to keep pressing forward. And that's what Paul was talking about. Paul, he was a, a pioneer. He was always trying to go the extra mile and go to places where there were people that had never before heard the gospel. And this is kind of the idea. Now the Lord Jesus himself said these similar words in Luke chapter 4. He said these words, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. Well, Jesus Christ was the greatest missionary ever from heaven. But next to him, maybe the Apostle Paul was the best missionary that we can point to, that we can consider or look at. Well, how did Paul begin you know, as a missionary, how did he begin his, his ministry? For this, let's turn back to the book of Acts, chapter number 9. 
back not too many pages to the book of Acts, chapter number 9, we'll see how the apostle Paul himself began. All right, Acts chapter 9. Once again, if you would please help me, because you read so sweet, it is music to my ears. Read out verse number 6. Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Let's go. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so here, Paul wanted his life to count. Paul wanted to reach his full potential now for his newfound Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, what do you want me to do? What will you have me to do? And this is why he, he prayed it, so that he could reach his full potential. And it's the same for us. And we pray, Lord, how can I help? How can I reach my full potential? What do you want me to do, Lord? Show me, tell me, lead me, guide me. I'll do it. I'll follow. You lead, I'll follow. And this is how we reach our full potential. Now the churches of the New Testament also prayed and also kept on pressing onward to reach their full potential as well in supporting gospel preaching missionaries. And I want to stress this point to you. It's still being done today. It is still the same command of the Lord today. It's our great commission to go into all of the world. And Jesus told us this in all four Gospels and the book of Acts chapter 1. It's still being fulfilled. The Great Commission in New Testament, church age, and by churches today. We are pressing on going to regions beyond. As a church, we've never been in, into Zambia. We've been into the Philippines, haven't we? We've been into Canada, haven't we? We've been into uh, other parts of Africa. We've been into other parts of the world. We've never been into the the nation of Zambia. And so we want to go again, pressing on to where we've never been before. You see how it works? Because there's lost folks there that need to hear the gospel. This is so important. Many years ago, we had a great preacher in Canada. His name was Dr. Oswald J. Smith. And he was a great uh, evangelist, pastor. Uh, he had a mission's heart. He wanted to be a missionary, but God closed the door, so he wasn't able to be a missionary. So he decided, well, if I can't be a missionary, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to build a church, and we'll send missionaries. And he was a tremendous um, um, impetus behind a lot of men and women serving the Lord around the world. And he said some amazing things about missions. And here's one thing he said, and I have it written down. He said, why should the unsaved people of Canada get to hear the gospel two and three times while other people in the world have never heard it once. Isn't that good? That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And what Dr. Oswald J. Smith was trying to do was he was trying to press into the regions beyond. This is the ultimate purpose. This is what we're wanting to get at, is we're want to, we want to permeate the whole world with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Folks, that's where it's at. That's our calling. Now, in order for missionaries to do their job, in order for them to reach their full potential, they must have certain needs looked after. And that includes the needs of money, and it includes the needs of prayer. 
And that's how God uses churches, just like Grace Baptist Church. Now, why do missionaries need money? What do they do with the money? Well, number one, they live. They pay for food and rent and gas in their car and so on. But it's more than that. They need money for more than just self-existence. They need money also to rent a building in which to hold church services in. They need to purchase chairs and seating. They need to purchase materials and supplies. Uh, one of our missionaries that we sent out, uh, Carl and Cassie Galindez, we had a wonderful Zoom meeting with them this morning, didn't we? And they're out in Saskatchewan in the northern part in Porcupine Plain, a little town of a thousand people. And they've got this little church that was closed down. They're opening it back up. And I asked them, do you have any needs? And do you remember what they said? What? Hymn books. They need hymn books. This afternoon, my phone rang, and it was one of our church people. And they, they asked me, Pastor, can I give some money toward buying hymn books for that church in Porcupine Plain? And I said, absolutely. And so I thought, why don't I let you folks know this? And on the offering tonight, if you're interested, maybe you'd like to earmark some money. If we could raise $1,000, this particular person, I think, was ready to give $300. And if we could raise $1,000, that's enough to buy between 40 and 50 hymn books, maybe 40 anyhow, and it should cover the shipping as well to get the hymn books to their church. They only asked for 20 hymn books. But what if they get 21 people in church one day? You see the problem? So they could use more than 20 hymn books. So that'll be a big encouragement to that church. And they are struggling to get back on their feet as a church. And so it's for reasons like this that the missionary needs money. You see? And of course there's printing, handbills and gospel tracts and different things that they have need of out there on the mission field. So this is why the missionary needs money. Well now, this brings up the question about how far do we go? How far do we take this? A few years ago, I share this with you, uh, a few years ago, my wife and I, were, we were driving home from church one, one day, one Sunday, and we, in fact, I think it was right after a Faith Promise Conference, and we, we had a great conference and we were able to take on more missionaries. And this was a few years ago. And as we were driving home, my wife asked me this question. And I thought it was a wonderful question because I do believe there are other people who might have the same question. And she said to me, she asked me, how much is enough? When do we know that we've got enough missionaries? We have more missionaries now than we've ever had before. Than we ever dreamt we could have. This is years ago. And she asked me, when do we stop? When do we stop? When do we say, okay, that's enough missionaries? Well, that's a good question. That's a very good question. And the answer is in the Bible. Now, you're there in the book of Acts. Turn to the left and go to the Gospel of Mark. Go to Mark chapter number 16.
In Mark chapter 16, this is the, the answer that I gave my wife. Let's read together verse 15. Mark 16, 15, all together. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And my answer was essentially, we keep supporting missionaries until the job's done. Until we've reached everyone in the world. Now we know there's about 200 nations in the world. We support about 100 missionaries. And we don't have one missionary per country. Some countries have numerous missionaries that we support in there. So we're well on our way, but we sure haven't reached you know, the, the end yet. And that answer satisfied her. Yeah, that there, we should keep going until everyone in the world has had an opportunity to hear. Now, whether they respond to the gospel, that's not in our hands. But what is in our hands is to reach our full potential of going to regions beyond and keep expanding and growing. And yes, some countries, we're going to be supporting more than one missionary because if you happen to do the math, one missionary is not enough to reach 17 million people. You kind of need a few more missionaries in there, right? Here in Canada, we have, what is it, 35 million people, something like that. We need more missionaries to start churches in this country. I'm sold on Canada. I believe it's a wide open mission territory. And I'm excited as can be when we can support another church planter in this country. I know that every church that the missionaries start, those missionaries will lead the church into faith promise so that that church will now start supporting missionaries. And the souls that those missionaries win will be partly credited back to our account because we supported the missionary who started the church and supported missionaries. Do you get the idea? And this thing just grows exponentially. When we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed at the rewards we're going to get. And we're going to say, Lord, it's way too much. He's going to say, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because when you supported this missionary, they were able to support this missionary who won these souls. And this one became a church planter and went out and started a church and started a great church. And then Vesa started supporting missionaries who won more souls. And he's going to explain to us and we're going to see, oh, we're going to see more of the full impact. Folks, that's why we must be about our Father's business. We must reach our full potential. Our full potential. But again, I hasten here. We need to answer this question very straight. How is it we're going to know if we've reached our full potential? The same answer applies to each one of us individually as it does apply to us as a church family. Here's the way in which we can know if we are successful reaching our full potential in missions. Are you ready? Well, as a church, say, we'll know if we're successful, if we've reached our full potential, if we have a faith promise mission card turned in for every person in our church. Now that makes sense. You say, well, what about the children? The children ought to be involved. If anyone ought to be involved, it ought to be those children so that they can grow up with the understanding and the faith in faith promise. Get them started young. At a small amount, mind you, but get them started young. We'll know 
See, our church will run between, well, Sunday morning is our largest attendance here in the auditorium. And when you add on the number of people who watch online, uh, the number of people who attend our church is north of 200. And so if we have north of 200 number of cards come in, then we'll know that we are reaching our full potential, but it doesn't stop there. Because the second part is not only the number of cards that come in, but the money comes in that the cards say will come in. So if the cards say that X number of dollars will come in, and X number of dollars come in, then we know we've reached our full potential. Full involvement. Everyone on board. That's our full potential, folks. That's exciting, and that's the way it ought to be. The question is, are we reaching our full potential? As an individual Christian, you'll know if you've reached your full potential when you put in a card that you believe God has laid a figure on your heart, you've put in a card, and you follow up that card with the money that you say, either weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or yearly. Whatever it is you decide before the Lord, and you do that, you've reached your full potential for this Faith Promise Missions Conference. That's exciting. We have the potential. Listen, I'll tell you something. You don't need a thousand acres of farmland in order to feed your family. You only just need a, a small little garden, but if you work it right, a small little garden will produce all the vegetables you could ever need and more. A small garden. Now, some of you are gardeners or have had gardening experience and you know what I'm talking about. If you work your garden properly and get the weeds out and keep the, the critters away and the crows and so on, you can produce a lot of vegetables, a lot of produce from a small garden. Folks, we're not a big church. We're a small church. But we can produce a lot of fruit for the Lord if we do it right. And so... Maybe this is the long approach, the long way around to the answer to our question. But are we all getting on board? Are we all getting involved? We have that opportunity. We have that opportunity to continue that tonight. And I do believe that more cards will be coming in tonight and over this week and over the week to come. And so each Sunday, for the next couple Sundays, I'll be updating you as to how we're doing. But I am so proud of you. and I'm so excited. I've seen a lot of cards come in. We've had great participation in the missions conference. Let's reach our full potential. Amen? Let's pray together. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.